All right. Thank you, everyone, so much for listening in. You are listening to Geeking Out Over Star Wars, uh, where we do just that. Of course, we geek out over Star Wars as we do every every episode, not necessarily every week, but uh, every show. Uh, so I'm your host, Shamari Stewart, uh, joined um, by uh, Zachary Breland, uh, who is always uh, joining. He usually starts off the show, but I'll be starting off uh, for this show. Um, so, Zach, how are you doing? I'm good, man. I'm very excited to be in the co-pilot chair. This is, this is your ship, man. This is your ship. The Please. The you got the reins to today. Yes, I am, I am the Chewie to your Han. Please. All I, right. Uh, I'm, but I'm excited, man. I'm, uh, we have a very packed show today. And packed only yeah. with one thing. Not packed because we have a ton of topics. Packed because like, we're going to go real in-depth. And so I'm, I'm super excited. Yes, yes, absolutely. So... Um, so for this show, we're going to be reviewing uh, Star Wars, The Fallen Star by Claudia Gray. Um, this novel is uh, finishing off phase one uh, of the High Republic, uh, which, of course, we've been following since we started doing this show. Uh, we both have loved the High Republic so far. Um, and here we will talk about uh, the Fallen Star, which is the end of the, the kind of the first major wave of books and comics and manga and, and, and other things. So um, so this is very exciting. So with this review, I'm thinking we'll we'll kind of go in in pieces. Um, so we'll go through different uh, different parts of the story. Um, and again, Zach, you can feel free to jump, jump in at any time if you want to throw anything in. Um, uh, because I, I tend to, when I, when I take notes for these things, I highlight the feelings, not necessarily the story beats. So I may have missed a few things. So again, feel free to jump in. But I said, I should, I should have shared these notes. Cause like I'm the opposite way. I, I, uh, I highlight the story beats. So then both yeah, of us together just, would have made like a really great recap. Yeah, this, yeah. Like, like I should, should, should have done that. I will say though, this is really exciting too, because we kind of, the show kicked mm-hmm. off with the high Republic. A year ago, like our yeah, show yeah, yeah. out over Star Wars, and so it's really cool to kind of go full circle. Like, yeah, now we're fall, we're the end of phase one. Just cool. It's just cool. Yeah, in my this head. is going to be this is going to be a great discussion because we can kind of not only review this book, but we can kind of review the entirety of phase one as well. Um, yeah, we yeah. can. Yeah, so this is going to be really good. Um, all right, so so to jump into the book. Um, so we have the fallen star, of course, he starts out, um, um, so you have just in setting the stage, you have Markion Rowe, um, he's on the gaze electric, which he, which he's there the entirety of the book. And this is a spoiler review, by the way, of course, uh, as all with all of our reviews, full spoilers, so we're going to spoil the whole thing for you. Yes, please, um, please do not listen. If, yeah, if, yeah, like not. you haven't read the book yet, because we we with all of our shows we always go in depth. I and this is the type of book you really don't want spoiled for yourself. Yeah, because there's yeah, so very, much that happens. Very heavy, <laughs> heavy spoilers here. Um, so yes, please beware. Uh, so so Markion Rose on the Gaze Electric. He's he's plotting, um, with uh, some people that he has on that he has with him that are uh that are going to be saboteurs who as we learn throughout the book are going to infiltrate um uh they're going to infiltrate a starlight beacon 
and they're going to to blow it up basically. Um, so they're basically suicide bombers. Uh, so they're they're, they're going to go in, um, not in the necessarily in, in the well. I I would actually argue in the traditional sense they are suicide bombers. They're going in to blow it up, um, and they are fervent, um, almost. Uh, they're almost. Uh, I would say they, they follow him almost like almost like a religious like reverence. Oh yeah, they're fanatics. Oh, uh, they're fanatics. One hundred percent. Yeah, they're totally fanatics. Which that's one thing that I did take note of. These people, the people that he gathered, which he he actually had, he made sure to to know that these people were people that would be willing to follow him, uh, literally into death. Which yeah, I think he, makes, all, he yeah. makes it very clear that like they're yeah. not the best at what they do. They're not yes. the best fighters. They're not the most skilled engineers. But they're the yeah. most devoted, and they're the ones that believe the most in his cause. Yes. Yeah. And and when he first it's funny when he when he first said this, I because he, he did mention that as well. And when he first said this, I was like, well, I mean, they're all kind of willing to die for him because we had seen them kind of doing that uh, throughout the, all the Republic Fair events and everything else where they were just kind of crashing into everything. And, you know, but with this mission, I think I think what it, with, with Nan and seeing her her being so scared later on. You kind of really got the sense that no, this this is a little different. You know, these people are going in just just to die. They're going in to blow themselves and and Starlight Beacon into smithereens. Well, I think so, with most of the other Nile, there's still that sense of self preservation. Yes. So it's, it's the Nile believe right. in their full cause, and they yes they believe in what Markian Row provides for them, right? right? The paths and the riches yes. they're able to get. But it's still a sense of self-preservation in that when things go wrong or things are happening, they are going to get out of there. They're, right. they're going to make sure that they survive as much as possible. It's, it's me, me, me. The priority is still me, me, me. Right, exactly. So, that, so I think Claudia Gray did a great job of, of, um, of kind of really, really uh, fleshing that out. So that was really cool. Um, so they get that started. And on uh, Starlight Beacon, um, we have uh, so Leox, um, Geode, and Affy end up going to Starlight Beacon. Um, and um, if you could refresh my memory, what is the reason they were going to Starlight Beacon? So they were actually with Orla and Elzar because okay. them, them, Orla, or they, Orla had called them to pick them up because. Elzar was with Orla training after mm -hmm. the events of the Rising Storm. Uh, yeah. So um, she had, uh, they were, um, they met up to head back to Starlight after, um, okay. after their training to just kind of return. So, okay. And Orla and Orla knows them from Into the Dark, which is where we meet all of those characters for the first time. Okay. So they all kind of, so basically they, they all, they all end up, on Starlight Beacon. Yeah, uh, it's just a convenient, time. yeah, it's yeah. just essentially a convenient everyone, it's, it's, right. yeah. Just setting the stage for everyone to be on Starlight Beacon um, while this catastrophe unfolds. Um, so, so, so this basically set the stage for um, everything to, to, to kind of go crazy a little bit. Um, so first, I just want to get your sense of how you felt about the beginning of the book, Zach. So if you could just you could just let me know how you were feeling at, at around this point. I was, and I can't remember if I mentioned this in a previous show or if I was just off when we were off um, 
when we weren't recording, we were off recording, and I mentioned it. I was slightly worried the first few chapters. So her, I felt like her voice for each of the characters was on point. Like she, she definitely had them down to a T. This felt oh, like yeah, the same absolutely. characters. Yep. These felt like mm-hmm. the same characters from the rest of the High Republic's first year, and so yeah. I was, I was mm-hmm. satisfied there. But I was worried because already in the first chapter, we were cycling through points of views, like, mm-hmm. like real fast. Everyone, everyone, because we really do have like a dozen main characters in this book, and mm-hmm. she cycles through not just one perspective by per chapter, but multiple perspective per chapter. So mm-hmm. that was the only thing at the very beginning. Um, before we all pretty end, before we all end up on Starlight, where I was slightly concerned about would oh. it feel too scattered? Would it? Yeah. Would it? Would it just be a little too much? Because it's my I have so far in the High Republic, my favorite stories have been the ones that are more centered. Right? There's yeah. a smaller cast. It's a it's a more focused story, and that's The Rising Storm by Kevin Scott, and then that's Claudia Gray's own Into the Dark. Right? Those those have been my mm-hmm. favorite. So. I was slightly worried um, for no reason. It comes, you know, it turns out and, and my worries were unfounded by the time the book really gets going. But that is where I was at at the time when everybody arrives in Starlight. Yeah, I, I, honestly, I would say I was. Um, I, I, I can honestly say that never really hit me. I think Claudia Gray handled this. Um, the so having so many characters better in this book than than Light of the Jedi did, um, but I agree, I agree. Um, so this was just it was just much easier for me to follow along with everything with everything that was going on. I think one thing that helped is they were all in the same place. Yes. Um, oh, one hundred percent. I think that's definitely by yeah, and Light by of the Jedi. Time, there yeah. so many, they were bouncing from planet to planet, and I'm just, <laughs> just like, cool. Yeah. Just like, what's going on? Yeah, it definitely, I agree. It definitely handles the vast amount of characters yeah. better than I think Light of the Jedi. I mean, Light of the Jedi was more about setting up, so it's not, it really yeah. isn't really a negative against Light of the Jedi. Right. But I do think by having it in one place and having so many characters, she still is able to dive into and explore them more than Charles Soule was able to in Light of the Jedi. Yes, yes, exactly. Um, all right, so... So I want us to kind of get into the the nitty gritty of of um, of what happens because um, for the I would say for the first half of the book there is while there is a a bit of a, a kind of a calm before the storm I would say there's a bit of a lull um, because there you you can see and they they keep kind of going back to the saboteurs you can see they're 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 setting everything up for the catastrophe so that's that's basically whenever you, the the book goes back to them that's what they're doing uh, they're setting things up they're sabotaging starlight beacon um so basically starlight beacon ends up becoming filled with all these different characters so um as you mentioned Elzar Man is there um Stellan Geos is there he kind of takes over as he basically takes over as he's the marshal or he, he kind of proclaims himself or or as he is, the yeah he is marshal yeah. yeah um yeah. Avar which, Christ that, went off to uh yeah. to, to try to capture Lorna D. Yeah, it's capturing Lorna D. Um 
which um, I did a recent issue came out of the High Republic just this month, right? Maybe just like a day ago or a couple of days ago. Yep, yesterday. Did you hear? <sighs> I didn't. I did not read that one. I caught up up to that point. Okay. Oh, okay. I oh, I'm so all right. So yeah. then, by the, at the end of the, you know, we're doing a show on the end of the first wave of the higher the first phase of like higher public comics and just making you aware. Okay, yes yeah, yeah yes. Just you know because i think okay but yeah that's the most recent issue definitely shows where they're at where avar is at okay all right so that's so that's good um because i was looking forward to that as well but so so stellan geos basically proclaims himself as being the he he is the marshal of starlight beacon um this comes up later on in the book. I kind of want to jump into this honestly now, if, <laughs> if you don't mind. So, yes, so please. This, yeah, so this comes up, and I think I even made note of this. I, I made sure to write this down um, because he says he's the Marshal of Starlight Beacon. Um, I was a little bit confused um, and concerned because I was like, did I miss something? Did I? Uh, and even in, in reading uh, the comic, I, it doesn't seem like I did. He just says he's the Marshal of Starlight Beacon now. Um, so, I mean, so was he, was he, I'm, I'm guessing since he's part of the Jedi Council, that he was maybe given that position or they agreed that he should have that position. Um, and then there's this like political kind of like infighting. And I, and it, I, I'm, I'm going to be honest, just internally, not in terms of the story, but just in terms of the Jedi functioning as a whole, I kind of rolled my eyes because I'm like, oh, boy, what I'm just like, what are we doing? What are we doing with fighting over who's the marshal and saying, no, I'll be the marshal because you left. And and and, and I, I don't necessarily mean to speak ill of the dead because I know Stellan in the, uh, by the end ends up regretting that and taking it back. And he has a lot of very, very sad, uh, <laughs> very sad internal monologues. But he does. But. I was just, I was just like, oh, you got to be kidding me! This is what I we're will doing. I will say, now? this book made me care about Stellan. I just want to, just, By I the just want to, yeah, I, you know, I, I, I liked him in the Rising Storm, but mm. he was. Uh, I think they play off of that Golden Jedi, like that. I they did that yes, image yeah. that yeah. she deconstructs that really well. That yes. I was, but I will, I'll agree with you. There was that that pettiness and the and yeah. and oh the God. who is Marshall and. Uh, she she's upset and she's like I've been gone for blah 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 you know I was just doing this it's it's another example I think of the Jedi just kind of not doing things the right way right, we'll see that more in, in later on but it was an extra pettiness but I think if yes. Claudia Gray sets it up really well in how it ties their like these three friends and their story together um, with mm -hmm. Avar, Elzar and Stellan and kind of why this little pettiness um, was so disastrous and why it was, it really was not their downfall, but it led to it a little bit. Um, yes. So uh, I, I like what they did, but I, I will say, yes, it, uh, I don't even remember when. I don't, I don't remember because I'm reading, I read Trail of Shadows. I read, I've read the High Republic comic. Um, and I'm not sure I ever. I'm wondering, yeah, because I'm like, I, I know there's a lot of higher Republic material, but yeah. I'm just like, he just says I'm the Marshal of Starlight Beacon. I'm like, OK, I think he was like, yeah, I think it was an off an off screen, so to speak, type thing. Right. Yeah, that's yeah. what I'm thinking. That's what I'm thinking as well, because that's such a significant thing 
you know, I would think that I would have come across that. I, th- I think it's when she travels, um, she takes the Ataraxia and sh- in the comic, she uh-huh. travels with Keeve and yeah. Skier and whoever else to capture Lorna D. There's a little yeah. bit of time while she's doing that that takes. So I guess during that few weeks or whatever it is that yeah. they kind of named him Marshall because she did abandon her post. Yeah. And he seems so pissed off. And I'm like, boy, I, I kind of wish I could have seen that. Oh, it would have been great. Um, it would have yeah. it would have been great drama. Absolutely. Playoff. Yeah. Um. So so that happened. So uh, so Stellan is the marshal of Starlight Beacon throughout throughout this book. And um, now another thing to note. So Elzar is still, and I'm sure we'll talk a lot about Elzar to be honest. But Elzar is still, um, you know, dealing with his struggles with the dark side, training with Orla. And I have to say, to be honest, I really, really liked their their relationship in this book. Elzar and Orla? Yes. Oh, oh yes. yes. Yes, yes, yes. I completely agree. Oh, I, I, Orla, I like Elzar also, but Orla playing off of Elzar, Orla mm-hmm. became one of my favorites. Yeah, um, yeah. I think the, yeah. just the her being a, um, a way seeker and just her approach to the force is kind of... It's like, yeah. It's kind of not to be religious, but it's kind of like religion. Somebody who who right, yeah. is in or an organized religion and thinks yeah. that's the only way to do things, whereas someone who just kind of believes in in spirituality or a deity and whatnot. So it's, I I really liked seeing that, and I think she she was she was great, to, the best choice to train him. Uh, they did a really good job with that. Absolutely, yeah. This th- that was fantastic. Honestly, that was really, really, really well done. Did you know that Elzar also mm-hmm. made an appearance in the most recent issue of Star Wars, issue number twenty? Really? Oh boy! Not yeah. Oh, you need to go. Th- you need to go pick yourself. It's the. There have been a couple issues. I would read read issue for anyone that wants to keep up with any kind of Star Wars canon and and see some cool connections. Issues 19 and 20, which take place after War of the Bounty Hunters, um, make some really cool connections. There's some um, Darth Bane mentioning, by the way. Okay. Um, so you, you, my friend, would greatly appreciate it. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, boy, the Darth, yeah, the Darth Bane trilogy, I think, is still my favorite of all. You know, I, I, came, I came across it. I just finished Queen's Shadow, which... I know it's not for today, but what I would love to talk about at some point, just because I, I love that book more than I thought I would. Oh, yeah, absolutely. But um, I also, again, I will reiterate, I love Star Wars politics. But I will say um, I was scrolling through looking for more stuff to read, and I came across the audiobooks for the Darth Bane trilogy. And I'm like, do I do it? Should I do it? Like, I haven't touched you, Legends, you but should I? You will do that in... in like a week like it's so oh my god it is it's it's the best star wars to me in my opinion it's the best of all the written star wars like it's just oh, it's man. fantastic oh man uh, another Lord, rabbit hole i might go down oh boy and how he starts out and how he becomes darth bane and his and his eventual paddle it's a lot or it's apprentice it's a lot it's just it's a lot I'm not, I don't even want to spoil anything. I don't even want to say anything. I might, <laughs> I might do it. I just might That's do it. Experience. Oh, man. Okay, sorry. Yes, I got a soft topic. I'm sorry. Yeah. <laughs> Go ahead. So, but yeah, I love Orla Jereni. 
Um, so that was that was very fun. Um, their their relationship. Um, so you see them. So they are also on Starlight Beacon. Um, um, so you also have Beriaga. Um, you have um, uh, Bell Bell Zedifar. Um, and you have Bell Zedifar's master, whose name I'm is is escaping me for some Indira reason. Indira Stokes. Indira, yes, Indira yeah. Stokes as well. Um, so they are all also on Starlight Beacon. Uh, yeah. So, so the, basically, the stage is set. Stage uh, is set at, at this point. And we have and um, Chansey and Nan. And Chansey and Nan are on Starlight Beacon as well. Um, so, which that's honestly their inclusion is going to be a, a whole other discussion. I'm not it is gonna a whole be, other discussion. Yeah, I do appreciate I do appreciate having them over there because that's that's a little bit of um that that cross uh, storytelling and seeing those yeah. characters. That's the one thing I really do think, and we'll definitely get more into it later. But it's one of the things I thought Claudia Gray did phenomenally, and I can't. You almost you can't envy her almost because she had the job of bringing together all of these different characters and yeah. storylines and backgrounds from across the first year of the High Republic into one novel and making them intersect and work. And I really think it does. Like she yeah. makes it work and, and she does it so well. She did. I like Chansey and Nan much more in this book than I did in um, um Out of the Shadows. Out of the Shadows. At the yeah. I I do I do too. I you know it's. I, I liked seeing, but I think some of it is also the development that Out of the Shadows gave, that we could see a different yes. side of them here. Right, like, that's that, definitely like they've, that's they've grown since that book, which is one of the things we talked about last year, last year, last week with Mission to Disaster. These characters have grown. Yes. Which yes. is cool to witness. Absolutely, yes, 100% agree. Um, so they're all here, the stage is set. So at this point, and uh, let me just make sure that I am not going through my notes here. What? Well, I think um, with we what? So the stage is set. Um, yeah. Yeah, the stage is definitely st- set. Did I don't know if you were going to go into it, like why Starlight becomes so crowded, though. Right. With so many different refugees and everything. No. Can, yeah. Can you can you go through that? Yeah, yeah, of course, man. The so Starlight Beacon, the Nile, Mark Anro is planning this whole thing. He's got the saboteurs. Great. Oh yes, yes, yes. But no. he he has yeah, he's yeah. also launched multiple attacks across yeah. the galaxy. Oh, oh, forgot that detail. Yeah. He multiple attacks across the galaxy. Um yeah. so all of these refugees oh, flock to um flock to Starlight Beacon. Right. So there are, you know, they're across the galaxy. There's an entire um, Jedi temple on Chespi that is completely obliterated. Yes. Um, and I got to tell you, I don't I, I don't know if you remember it, the feeling specifically, but mm-hmm. there's in the book, there is a moment where um, where he actually said or during that scene where they're showing Chespi getting um, destroyed, the master, the Jedi master or the, mm-hmm. the Jedi actually goes. You know, tell Coruscant and Padawan goes, yeah. What should I tell them? And he goes, Um, should or update him, just tell yeah. him we're lost. And I was like, Oh man, yeah. like talk about yeah. like I felt so much dread in that moment. Oh, it was so good. But yeah, that's that's what's happening. So all the refugees, so Starlight Beacon is packed. 
Like Starlight yep. Beacon is packed and a little strained. Its resources are strained. And now everybody's trying to help out. Yep. Yeah. 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 So, and thank you so much for bringing that. that that's, that's, that is a, honestly, that's a major detail. See, that's, that's, that we, play, I, we, we worked well together. See, you got those feelings yeah. and everything, which is good. Cause I, if I went through all of this, all I would bring up, it'd be like a list of things that happened and I wouldn't get into the feelings. So, so we, we play well off each other. That's why we're doing this show together. Okay. You absolutely. Know? Yes. Okay. Team, <laughs> teamwork. teamwork. Exactly. So, so that was fantastic, I have to say, as well. Masterful storytelling. I love that. I love the planning from Markeon Row. Um, because w when that was happening, I was like, this is horrible. I wonder what this is for. And then as everything was happening, I was like, oh, my goodness. And then, and then later on, when they realize why everything happened and why those attacks happened, and just the dread, and it's just like, oh man, this is, this is going exactly how Markian Row. Basically, everything in this book happened exactly how Markian Row wanted it to. That exactly. Right. The, I think that's you used the right word though. The dread. Right? Yeah. The dread. The first half of this book, until everything really starts going down, and yep. the saboteurs become successful, is this building of dread, and it's yep. done so well that I'm kind of like on the edge of my seat and I want to know what's going to happen and you're waiting for things to happen. But there's just this overall feeling that just, if the book is dripping with dread, it really yep. is. It and really I, is. The, from the Nile attacks, the refugees to what's being hinted at on Starlight Beacon, plus the, you know, the other thing that the saboteurs unleash, which we'll get into on Starlight Beacon, besides just, you know, sabotaging the beacon itself. The thing that, uh, you know, kind of, was that was set loose in the rising storm so mm -hmm. yeah yeah dread it, it's so good it was done so well yes yeah it, i mean it was done masterfully um so as all this is happening um the saboteurs uh end up uh unleashing actually i think the first thing they unleash well the thing things i, I guess i should say plural uh, that they unleash are those uh, monsters. So you get the the creature, um, the or the just or um, what what does Markion Roll call it? The he leveler. The leveler. Yeah. They release leveler or levelers, I guess. I think. Um, is it? On, was it sorry. more than one? Was it more? Than, I know there are more than one Raftar, which we'll talk about later. But they're they're. I think was it more than one or was it just one? I'm very. I'm, yeah, I honestly don't know. I feel like it was a little. Here, it was a little vague. I was okay. wondering that as well because as they were going through it, they they kind of mention it in the plural. The first time they mention them releasing, uh, you know, monsters. I guess they say, oh, you know, releasing them into the, you know, onto the ship or something. And I'm like, okay, so I guess they're just there's more than one, you know, creature that they're releasing right now. And then the, and then it started attacking. I don't know if there's more than one. Um, but I don't think it's made very clear. Um, so that's actually a good question. That's a, I, yeah, I, I was operating under the assumption that there was, but I could be wrong. I, I have no clue. Either way, the effect is still the same. Yeah, it's still the same. And Markion Road mentions at the end that he can he knows where to get more, um, which definitely implies that there yeah. is more than one. Oh God.
everyone uh right yes. the 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 yes yeah Kobani yeah it it seems to be is the same thing that also starts to cut the jedi off from the force but they don't realize they're being cut off like yeah. this entire first half of the book they're cut off from the force but they don't realize it they're yeah. just they're feeling really uneasy they can't place it and then they don't have this connection to the force they're starting to feel their feelings more like we said with the um avar chris and selen geo situation selen is starting to feel petty He's starting yes. to really feel petty. Things that might have been kept in check before, he couldn't. And that's what this leveler's presence is doing outside of the physical attacks that it 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 does that it that it does against a few certain characters, but yeah. Yes. And I love that, by the way. I loved just the growing concern from the Jedi. Um and just seeing that amplify as the book goes on. As you said in the first half of the book, as that goes on, more and more Jedi um, are just feeling very uneasy. There, and and it becomes clear that this is not normal. Um, that at first they're trying to kind of play it off like it is, but it is not normal. Um, so that was done spectacularly as well. And it also, to me, it points to the significance of this leveler. Not only can it uh, you know, kill a Jedi um, and seemingly not be killed by a Jedi. But it can be used as just something to 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 disconnect them from the force, just to just to to bother them, which I, I'm I am. There's so many questions with the leveler. I don't I, I'm really I, I really hope we get some some answers. and I'm sure we will. But we, I feel like we really hope we get some answers as to how Mark Yon Road knows what this thing is and how he knows what it can do to Jedi. <laughs> like how does he know that? that that plays into phase two? I, I feel I, I would, I would guess because where they come from, what they do, how, I, I don't know. I, I would assume it plays in somewhat like we'll get some kind of mentioning. I do right. like them because I feel in every star Wars story that we get, the Jedi always have the force. Right, like some characters might have certain things where they're cut off or whatever for whatever mm. personal reason it is, but to see something that within this area could just cut off all the Jedi and place them completely in the dark is such a new threat. Yep, yep, it is. It it really is uh, a very new threat, and um, and it's it's honestly it's pretty terrifying. And this is one thing that I also made note of, um. Uh, honestly, a very big note of this is that there is now um, I feel like there's there's kind of I wouldn't say always, but there's always been a little bit of kind of a scary nature to Star Wars, a little bit of a little bit of a tiny smidge of horror, maybe here or there. But this is this to me feels like they're writing horror whenever they whenever they are writing the, describing this creature. It's like I feel like I'm reading a horror novel. Or like, or like, I'm listening to a, to a horror to like a creepypasta or something. It's it's oh. horrifying. Oh yeah, completely. And when all of the when, when at certain points of the book, when the Jedi go to investigate, right, the area yeah. where it right. is, it's written like a horror novel. Yeah, yeah, they're writing. They're writing horror. It it becomes like a horror story, and it's like because there's nothing they can do. 
Uh, all they can do is hope to escape. It, it's like a horror. It's like a horror. horror it's you know something bad is going to happen. You know it's yeah. in, there. It's inescapable, and yeah. you're just have this dread this whole time. Yeah. So so this is kind of to to me it feels like new territory. I mean, I, and, and I know there's a lot of expanding universe content, so I'm sure there's been horror in Star Wars before, but but for me it just it feels like new kind of new ground for for something this something like this. Uh, to be uh, in Star Wars. It, it honestly does feel new to me. Yeah, I agree. But I'm such a fan. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, so this is this is very, very uh, interesting. So I'm, I'm very excited to get some answers on uh, with regards to that. Uh, but as this thing is kind of tearing through the ship, um, uh, they so the saboteurs realize that um uh that um that nan and uh chancy yarrow are uh are prisoners on board so they're selling geos's prisoners um and they're locked in a cell and one of the uh one of the nile says oh we should release them um they're like you know they're one of our you know brethren and it wouldn't it be great if they could um, if they could, you know, help us or, you know, what have you. So they end up releasing, they end up releasing, uh, the Nile. Um, and, uh, so then, then Nan and Chansey are, are basic, they basically end up kind of forming a temporary team, uh, with the saboteurs, um, uh, for, for a good chunk of the book. They're basically all together. Um, but that was, you know, I thought that was an interesting little kind of, a story beat. Um, I thought it was a good way to kind of to get everything to connect together. No, um, I agree. I agree. And then it, I, what it does is it also just further illustrates the difference between the Nile and yeah, these yeah. devoted fanatics. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Um. So. Uh. So that was. So I thought that was pretty cool. So they end up being released. Um, and of course we, there's a lot that goes on with that, uh, later on. Um, so the, they realize that the saboteurs have explosives and they set those explosives in. They, they, the, um, um, uh, and did they just, did they just click a button and just press the explosives? How exactly did they, I feel like, was there something? Yeah, so that they got to a different space. I don't know if it was timing or if they, yeah. If they but we but we definitely had some things happen yeah. before the explosion. So we um I I know that on the first in the first group to investigate the where the leveler was. Yeah. Um definitely didn't go so well. Um oh, yes. So yes. we yeah, we were introduced in this book to Reginald Cole. And yes, you know, yes. poor poor guy to... didn't make it. No, he did not. Yeah. So th so we're introduced to Reginald Cole. Um and he and he did not uh, make it through this book, which, which uh, honestly, I was, jeez, I mean, I it thought was he was bad. so funny. I thought he was so funny um, at the beginning. I don't know. I don't know if you caught. Let me. I'm gonna pull this up because my, okay. but in the within the first couple chapters, he makes a he makes a joke. He's because he he's described as a as someone who can't uh, shut his mouth because he talks too much. And so he he's talking to Chansey and Nan when they're first captured. <laughs> he says, 
You're all supposed to be one big storm, but each group breaks down into tempests and strikes and clouds. How far does it go? Is one Nile on their own, I don't know, slightly overcast? I just got to tell you, I, I, I broke out laughing more so than I thought. I, and I probably should have, but I thought that was so funny. So I kind of love Reginald from the beginning. Yeah. Yeah, I did yeah. like this character. I mean, he seemed much more upbeat, and I love it when the Jedi have different, different, yeah. uh, Character some character. levity in, in the overall darkness too, which was nice. Yeah. Um so so it, it was pretty um it, in hindsight it should have been pretty predictable that the funny yeah. ones never make Yeah, horror. That's true. The funny yeah. ones never make it in horror. That's true. That's very good point. That's very good point. He <laughs> but he's so he's killed and left a husk, and so yeah, so he's, I mean, yeah, so he's left a total husk. So he's 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 like super dead. He is he's dead and gone. Um, so that and, was yep. that was very unfortunate. Um, Indira is then, um yes injured also by the leveler, yeah. but she isn't killed. Yeah, so Indira is the next to go. So she ends up uh, being injured by the leveler, as as you mentioned. Um, she does not um, uh, end up dying um, yet. You know, we don't we don't really know what her status is going to be going forward. But um, she is injured by the. Yeah, level she is of, unconscious for the whole rest of the book. Yeah, so she she is she's completely out of commission. Um. So yeah, that that so that does happen, and that is, um, I mean that's that's very sad. I mean, we're already getting um, casualties. Oh, people, people, people bite the dust. Oh, yeah. oh, yeah. When they were when they were talking about literally no one is safe, uh, no one is safe. And maybe I'm jumping the gun here, um, but later on, and this still happens before the explosion. Orla, Jereni, yeah. also, yep. Orla yep. Jereni also, and yep. and so that's already in the first half of the book. We had lost Reginald Cole. Um, we had. Uh, was Indira Stokes was injured. We lost Orla Jereni, um, yep. which we like. I got to me because it's like, damn, I really liked her. I really liked her. So that was that was that was upsetting. But no, no one was safe here. And yeah, by no. the end, by the end, we'll, we'll see it. No one's safe either. There is a there is a, a death tally. Yeah. So so Orla Jereni goes, and I feel like we kind of have to discuss. Um. The decision to kill off Orla Jereni. Um, so, I I I am right there with you. I thought I think Orla was a fantastic character, um, and it, I mean it's and we'll get into to the other <laughs> to the the death tally at the end as well. But but I thought Orla was she was such a great character, and. It's it's just it's very sad to see her go out in this way. Um, I'm hoping that we get to see more of her, in, just in terms of like how she became a way seeker and and because I feel like there was a lot kind of hinted at with regards to that. Um, there's there's there are there seems to be a lot untold with regards to her character. So I'm hope I I'm still I'm holding out hope that we get to see that. Um, but it's just sad. It's just it's sad and it's horrifying to see them have to go out in such a in in such a horrible manner. <laughs> there's it, there's definitely that impact because of the way that they go out and that it's so sudden and that you don't get any time to 
get into the character's thoughts or just explore them anymore. It really is one of those, you know, if somebody dies a regular death, they sometimes parting words or it's prolonged and we get to explore a little bit of the psychology of the character there. And yeah. I also think losing Orla is a a loss to the Jedi from from an outside point looking in because she presents such a different viewpoint. And it's one of the things that we talk about with the Jedi Order and their hubris and their their way of thinking things have to be done. You know, it yep. leads to their downfall, again, hundreds of years later. Um, and I think someone like Orla represents this different way of communing with the Force and thinking about the Force and something that the Jedi kind of really needed, something that I think Stellan really needed. And he, she, she does actually help Stellan. Like, even after she dies, her words help Stellan. Which is really, which is really nice, but she's a, a presence I think um, the Jedi sorely need. So losing her, I think, is a big blow. Very big blow, a uh, very, very, very big blow. Um, and look, I'm sure we'll get more characters, uh, but she's a big blow. Um, and this is—I've liked her since honestly she was introduced. I haven't seen anything in any medium. That I didn't, where in which I didn't like Orla Duran. She was a fantastic character. So I'm hoping we get more characters like her um, in the High Republic. Um, so, so that was so that was sad to see. But I did think it definitely added so much weight, like so much stakes um, uh, to, to, to this book. Oh, oh yeah, because once you know you kill Rajul Cole and he's the first. You know yeah. you just met him this book. You weren't yeah. that attached. You Indira Stokes is injured. But not dead, so you know right. you're not really feeling it yet. Orla dies, and you're like, "Oh crap, it's getting serious." Yeah. And after it happened, I was kind of like, "Is she is she really dead though?" And it's like, "No, she's dead. Yeah, she's she's dead." That's that's but, also. I was I was a little, I was a little unclear at first. I was like, "Oh, are they? Is she actually dead? Was she just?" But no, no, she was, she was straight up a husk. That was it. Yeah. That was it. And oh, and she's still not the only Jedi that dies because of the leveler. Um, who else is there? So it doesn't happen until after the um, station breaks apart, but uh, Buryaga's master, Nibasek. Oh, yes. Oh, yeah. I, know. Oh. I almost forgot that one also. No, no yeah. worries. I almost forgot that one also. Yeah. She didn't have as much an impact on the story, but she did um, have an impact yeah. on Buryaga, who Buryaga. I greatly enjoyed She's this. Like, oh, my goodness. Poor Buryaga. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. And, and we'll get to him, too. I, I have a whole rant ready for for what they did Ooh, to him. yes please <laughs> i'll get to that in just a moment but my goodness but uh <laughs> but first i i do I, I took note of this character as well so i do want to talk about holy lint as well oh uh, i hated him but that oh was my the God. Point. but that was is, the point he, so there so there of course you have your annoying star wars character Annoying, annoying Star Wars characters. Is he the most annoying Star Wars character? He, he just might be. He just, he might, just be. might be. So the entire... So we... Okay. So... If, yeah. So part of the um, reason he's so annoying... He's just... He just really got under my skin, man, the whole time. Oh my and I goodness. know why we had to. And I love the way things end in the book with him. But... Right. um, Yeah. So do we do we want to go into maybe at why after what why he's so horrible after the sta like so the station breaks apart, right? Like right. 
so so yeah go ahead why don't you go that because i feel like we can talk about him but we should probably just say what's happening and, and why what he's trying to do all right sure so so the station starts breaking apart um coley lynn is um he's basically just out for himself uh doing what he can first he, he starts his he tries he tries several things but he, he so he tries to get everyone to hate um and distrust the jedi um so he's he's screaming and hollering and talking about why don't we why don't we know what's going on and just he's just causing a fuss <laughs> uh to to try to start um like just to start like some kind of uprising chaos uh, so that he can, so that he can just take advantage and, and just, and just escape. Which he's all he's he's not doing this for any kind. Of, he, there's no nobility in anything that he's doing. What a slimo! Um, I just couldn't. It's it's horrible. So he's just he's just trying to get people people in a, in a fuss so that he can he can um so that so that he can get out. Um, so he he um tries to do he tries to do several things, um. The, honestly, there's like a list of several things that he's tried. He tried to do just all horrible things that he tried to do throughout the book. Um, it, it he just I couldn't. I he was so he was so annoying. He might take my yeah. my like number one spot for most annoying character. Like, he might actually. And and he tries to um, he like tries to use Nan and uh, Nan and Chancy. Yep. Uh, later on, that ends up being the last thing he does. Or the yeah. next last thing he does yeah. before he tried to like shoot a child or, or was what it a like, great like, moment child? though oh my goodness like the when he gets his comeuppance that said oh my goodness oh, what a great moment but we'll and, we'll get there yeah yeah well he's a horrible character as well oh he's right? a terrible character um, and he he sows any kind of distrust like you were saying yeah. in the jedi he's trying to turn everyone against it because after the ship so the saboteur is break the ship the saboteur's bomb goes off they yeah. end up not just having a fire which rages through the station and blah 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 and start sealing different things and things stop working but the ship then breaks in half ship ends up breaks yeah completely breaks in half which is crazy um but we're you know what's not happening is uh what's going chaos spreads everyone's trapped so all of those refugees um from all over the galaxy that went to starlight beacon thinking it's this safe haven that no one would truly ever attack it it's the jedi they have to be you know it's got to be under control they don't so broken in half the docking bay is an opening um yep. and there are a whole list of reasons why they couldn't get those doors open and things that would happen um escape pods are damaged which was another thing the saboteurs did um they completely damaged escape pod, escape pods so nobody could leave through them um yeah, so coley lynn's up in the docking bay trying to essentially make his own little group and plow his way through the docking bay regar regardless of whatever happens to anyone else. He wants to essentially yeah. punch a hole in it, sucking everyone into the vacuum of space, except for whichever ship, his own, that is able to get out in one piece. Yeah, what, yeah. Like, what a what a terrible... I, I just... Oh, yeah, yeah. What a terrible person. I'm just not a fan. Yeah, just yeah. just a horrible... Which horrible. was the point, of course, obviously. Yeah, but still, yes. I, I, it, it was very successful in making me truly dislike oh so successful yeah it's just oh my god I, he is he is uh definitely in my top three of just just the worst just people just the worst people in star wars 
just a ter- like as annoying and just a terrible person, bad to the bone. Like it, <laughs> all of the all of the he hated Leox for because Leox did the right thing. Like, yeah. so we can't go into unfortunately because if we were to go into every detail in this book and all the history that the book talks about, we could be going here for five hours. Um, but like the history that they have in the Bind Guild together with yeah. Leox, and yeah. then Leox is actually just such a stand-up guy. He might be one of the yeah. nicest guys in the galaxy. Um, yeah. the complete opposite of Coley Lin. So he's just so petty, and he holds. He hates Leox for really no reason whatsoever. No legitimate reason, except the fact that he prevented Coley from lining his own pockets. So, mm-hmm. I just, I couldn't. I do love Leox. I just want to make, the, in case we don't get to talk about it too much, I do, I love the crew of the vessel. So much. Affy, Leox, and Geode have jumped up to, in my top ten, easily, each of them. So, so Zach, so I have to be honest. Oh no, stop it. No. <laughs> I have to be very honest. Oh. Um so so there are so there's gonna be a mixed bag. I'm just gonna let you know it's gonna be a mixed bag. At first, and I think I even I even said this in our Into the Dark review. I wasn't the biggest fan of Affy. Um I like Affy a little bit more actually. Um I liked her in this book uh, actually more than I think I did in Into the I, I like her in this book um a lot. Um hey. Uh, Leox, Leox is good. <laughs> okay, I, I'm not in love with Leox, um, uh, but but Leox, Leox is good. Um, just because didn't he have? A, wasn't he with the Bind Guild? And in the Bind Guild, we don't like the Bind Guild. We don't. So that's that's fine. That's a, that's fair. Kind of but like everything he does in this book, though, right? Come on. Yes, everything he does. Everything in this he book. really he cares. <laughs> he cares about Affy and Geode so much. Yeah. Right? Like he's willing to legitimately give up his life. Yes, yes. For yeah, them. But, like, yes. they, he has a chance to leave, and they have a ch- uh, he doesn't take it. He says he'll stay, because she wants to stay with her ship. And he says, I will stay. A little yeah. bit. He calls her a little bit. Oh, my God. Yeah, are you good. kidding yeah. me? I can't. <laughs> I can't. I just I love this crew. So we are, you know what? I think so, this is our first disagreement. This might so, be our first disagreement so the, on this the show. The elephant in the room for me is Geode. Um, I mean, I just... I'm not gonna lie. For most of the rock stuff, I, I was rolling my eyes. I'm, I'm just gonna be totally honest. I was, I was. There were several lines where it's like, "Oh, Geode was just he was he was stunned in the silence by what happened," and I'm just like, "Oh." I can't even disagree with like, you. I know, like I can't even disagree with you. Like that's I I am I can't even disagree with you. I I, I very much agree. Like it's so. Over the top and it was yeah, a it little was, like odd. It was, but I me, I found it, it so weird. endearing. Uh, to me, it was to me it was it was it was too much. In, Into the dark, I thought it was the perfect amount. He was there. It was a mystery. That's you know, that's fair. Stuff? Yeah, part I think part of the characters and it was fun. Um, yeah, but I think part of the characters' um, um, appeal was that was the mystery around it. So it was like little bits where you were kind of like in the dark, like wait, what this sentient rock? Um, and, and so there were some funny things that the characters would say about Geode, but it didn't, like, it it wasn't, now, they did, Claudia Gray definitely used it a lot here, and it, I feel like it's one of those things that either you like or you just really don't like, there's no in between there. Yeah, she, I, I, she was having a lot of fun with it in this book, and I was not here for it, it just, it didn't do it for me. We're gonna disagree, that's okay, okay, Okay. oh man. Too many rock puns, too many rock jokes, I'm like, we gotta... (laughs) 
we got but okay but the comeuppance <laughs> on coley lynn come on come on great moment that, i love that i will say great that moment. made me like geo just as just as geo to being an honorable being but i also and then geo and then geo like flirting in stuff and i'm like <laughs> what is this <laughs> I I'm I, sorry. I'm just like, what? What is this? What is she like? All oh, the Vintian, but he, but he can't because he's a Vintian. I'm like, what? I I yeah. Oh, oh my god. I uh, okay. You know, fair. Like, I completely understand your point. We're on different sides of it because I enjoyed it so much more. But I do understand that it was a lot. It was just a lot. I. That's fair. That's yes, fair. But, yeah. So that's why I I just wasn't. Some of just really almost everything else regarding that crew, I was fine with, but that I, that was the only thing. Um, that's, that's fair. That's fair. But yeah, so so, but I did. I, I'm gonna be honest. I really liked Affy's Affy's inclusion in this book, her role in this book. I liked how she went after um, Nan and Chansey towards the end. Um, I liked their standoff. Towards the end, I know I'm skipping over, skipping ahead a lot, but That's okay. I like There's I like too many characters to not skip back and forth a bit. Yeah, uh, but I like their standoff at the end. I am I. It's weird because I like the standoff. I didn't like, or well, I would say I didn't like. I didn't love that. It seems like they're setting up a rivalry between Nan and Affy, um, because I don't love Nan to be totally honest. Um, I don't know. I just don't love Nan. There doesn't seem to be much there, except that she's just an angry Niall that looks like a little girl. And I, I don't, you know, I don't know. It's just it, whatever. I don't. I don't really understand. Um, I'm not. I'm not connected to to her character much. No, I, I, um, I, I can, I can see that. I same. Yeah. I think. I think there's more to that story. I hope the so. character's background. If they wanted to, I yeah. think there is more. Um. So if we were if that if that was explored a little more, I think it would, um, yeah, it would go a long way into helping uh, endear us to the character. But I do, yeah, I don't know if they're gonna follow through on on that rivalry. You know, um, I I don't know because it's really one sided. Also, Affy, yeah, Affy, Affy doesn't like her because you know she rec she knows that Nan betrayed them and fooled them all and in, into right. the dark on the Amaxon station, but, um. Nan was the one, but Affy was just like, you know, like she wanted to get her, but wasn't obsessed. Whereas Nan was calling her Addy and how much she hated Addy. And yeah, exactly. It was it was a little much on Nan's point. So I don't think it's going to be a full rivalry because I think the both of them are going to go their separate ways, and it's more about self preservation. Um, but it we haven't seen the last of either character though, so. Right. Um, it's always possible, but I agree. I don't. I don't think it's anything that needs to be set up. I'm, I'm hoping it doesn't need to. I, I wouldn't hate it, but I. I don't think it needs to be a rivalry, like an official thing. Yeah. Yeah. So. So that was kind of like a whole moment, and I'm like, I. I don't know. I mean, we'll see. Um. You know, we'll see where that goes. Um. But I did like Affy in this book a lot. I have to say. Uh, yeah, she, I, I think, think she's that. another one that's come a long way since. Yes. Like dissolving. Um, being the being the reason the Bind Guild crumbles, um, yeah. with her adoptive mother, um, to to running her own ship and running things, and um, I think that she, yeah, she's come a long way, and so she's matured some more. And I do, I do, 
I did really like her here. And she's really, she's that whole crew as much as you hate them. You hate them as much as, you know, they very much are integral to the entire plot. Like they're the reason anything good comes uh, that this disaster isn't about a hundred times worse. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, they are. They are very integral to the plot. So um, Leox does a million good things in, in this book. And um, uh, yeah, so they definitely they definitely play a large role. Oh, yeah. Um, so I feel like we can start going through some of the meteor kind of heavier yeah. kind of things that happen what? later on. Let's do it. Um, in the book. So everyone's crashing we, towards the planet. Ah! Everyone's crashing towards the planet. We can kind of get to some of the planetary stuff. So Iram, they're above Iram, right? That's uh, how you pronounce yeah. it. Thank you. Yeah. So they're above Iram. And the Iramians, I guess if, if that's how you, how you say it. So the Iramians are discussing whether they should shoot down um, a Starlight Beacon uh, or not. I thought that was an interesting little tidbit as well. Um, yeah. Because it just added to the gravity of the situation. And so many people were dying. I was honestly didn't know what they were going to do. I didn't Maybe know what they were going to do either. I was very impressed with the... Um... I thought it was cool because I feel I feel it was a really cool way that they showed the two queens of yeah. Iram and um, the back and forth shore, but also their trust in their Jedi, their inherent trust in the Jedi yes. after the Jedi just helped them um, during a natural disaster. So um, that was that was nice to see. Um, I feel like we should we should mention that the two halves are. Um, and this, this goes for the whole rest of the book because we won't see it. The two halves are crashing towards the planet. The bottom half is where most of everything takes place in this book. Yeah. Um, the top half uh, isn't as um, isn't really showcased, but that is where isn't Avar cool. is. Yes. Um, Avar was, she did come back about halfway through the book from her hunt yes. for Lorna D. Um, and she and the Adiraxia, and we don't really know about anyone else, um, but they are in the top half of the station. Um, so that, that, that's also where Estella Maru is um, and, and other Jedi. So uh, we know Maru doesn't make it by the end of the book. We were, we're told that Maru doesn't make it. So that's another casualty, but I'm going to assume that's, that's something that's definitely going to be explored in the comic series. Um, um, more. Wait, so Maru didn't make it. Did I miss that? Yes. Yes. Yeah. So it happens at the end. And so I, I think it's okay to kind of discuss here. Um, yeah, but, absolutely. but Maru, but, but they barely touch on it cause it's just one sentence, but Avar is talk is, you know, cause spoilers, Avar does make it and I won't, we'll, we'll get to who is alive yeah. at the end and who's not and what they're setting up. But she does mention really quickly that Maru doesn't make it. Um, so we don't know how, we don't know exactly when, again, I think that's gonna, everything that happened in the top half of the station is going to. That that's the one thing I think we can we can kind of um say like the top of this half yeah. of the station doesn't make it right the top half right. of the station the whole station is doomed but the top half of the station burns up on entry and it it goes faster yeah. um towards the planet um yep. and it completely because of its positioning and the is the way it's coming in its speed and everything it completely burns up so Avar survives um but we know there are people who aren't and so I'm assuming that the the comic series with the next we have two issues left and they both come out in february actually only two weeks apart as opposed to mm -hmm. monthly um okay we'll explore 
that yeah so it was just like one one line a blink and you'll miss it they i kept i kept wondering the whole book so i'm like who who, who made it but maru didn't make it apparently that's very interesting yeah i'm very excited to see how that happens yeah so my uh, comments are lost too i like maru um, i like maru a lot also yeah it's a shame um all right so that's so that's very interesting but yeah the top half of the book avar as you mentioned avar um comes back and i was i was actually hoping that she would play a larger role but but oh, i am yeah. i have to say i am very interested i find it very interesting that she was on the top half so i'm just once they didn't show anything basically from that i was like okay so we're definitely gonna get that story um in something else um so that's pretty interesting um all right so we have to get to everything that happens um so um uh so Buriaga is is kind of struggling with the with his loss, the loss of his master. Yeah, because they went and they went it's pretty much right right around at yeah. I'm, I'm we're in the same place in my notes also for the uh, yeah. for the book. Um yeah, they go in search of Nib um yeah. a sec, but they find Orla. Yes. And they also find Nib dead. Yeah. So sad. So sad. Um, so, you know, it just makes, it just adds more weight to those losses. Um, so poor Barriaga is just, he's just, you know, really going through it, of course. And I'm glad, um, you know, that he was able to kind of gain that kind of relationship with Bell, um, because of course Bell had gone through that. So, um, so yeah, that was, that was very, uh, very sad and very touching. Talk about uh, taking character a long way, right? We had only gotten yeah. Buriaga appearances here and there throughout the first year, yeah. But then, I I think Claudia, I completely endears me to the character. Claudia Gray does. Um, yes, I absolutely. really ended up caring so much about Burry, and we hadn't, uh, we had never had anything before this that was really that deep diving into the character. Exactly. So I I was really impressed I, very much. And I I you're correct. I love that they that him and Bell have such a strong relationship and that now, right? It was something that actually developed in this book more. I um, mean right. that Bell can be there for him. Uh speaking of Bell, and I'm sure you're mentioning it, but the the I I I love Bell. I yes. I this poor guy has been through so much. And he continues to go through. Well, and so he much. continues to go through. It's like so my goodness, much. my goodness. But like, you want to talk about the, and and I'm gonna play off the first book's title. But you want to talk about the light of the Jedi, someone who yeah. is so, who is feeling what he's feeling and has to go through it and has questions also about, um, you know, about mourning and and he ponders this in the rising storm and he he raises some great questions about the Jedi Order, but he's so steadfast and he so believes in the light. Um, and believes in what his masters have taught him in doing the right thing. It's just like a breath of fresh air. And I, I, everything he goes through, he loses Loden. He, he loses Loden, thinks he's dead, finds out he's not dead, finds out he's being tortured, and then loses him all over again for real when he's turned to a husk in the rising storm. And then we get here, his new master, Indira Stokes, is, white, is, is knocked unconscious. We don't know if she's going to be okay. So he has that hanging over him the entire book. And then, as we and, find out with Burry. <laughs> and then Burriaga. Um, so they're all fighting Rattars because the Rattars are loose. Yes, the saboteurs brought some Rattars with them. 
yeah, the saboteurs brought some raptors with them. Um, which, how did you feel about that, by the way? Oh, man, I, I'm getting, you know, I feel like everybody, and I don't know if we talked about it, one of the biggest, I feel like, criticism for The Force Awakens was the inclusion of Rathars. Right. Because it felt so cartoonish, I think. Um, and so when they, when they brought them here, we really haven't had anything with them since The Force Awakens. I feel like they've made a couple appearances here and there, but... to see them to be such a major part here, I was like, I don't know. I don't know. But I think that they end up just adding to all of the crap that is happening to all of these Jedi, that it 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 works. It serves the story well. Yeah, I think it serves I think it serves its purpose here. Um I don't think it was used too much, which is yeah. good. It was very it was it was very much towards the end. Yeah. Um and they kept it she kept it minimal, which I like. It didn't yeah. become a horror story about the Rathars yeah. chasing them through the station. Right, exactly. Yeah, it wasn't like so... It didn't seem so forced. Because I was afraid it would. I'd be like, oh boy, did someone tell them to just put some Rathars in this book? But like, no. Um, I, I think it kind of... It felt... It felt... Um, it just felt like, you know, just added more chaos. Yeah, um, that's all it was. They were just added for yeah. chaos. Yeah, so that was so that was and I, and also to me it was just unexpected because um when they first say oh they're hauling raptors who's hauling those around and I'm like oh so that was the that was the that was the you know um you know that was their cover as, 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 instead of hauling the leveler they're hauling raptors and it's like no they actually were hauling raptors and, and a leveler <laughs> and a leveler so I was like oh okay so that Wonderful. was pretty interesting. um so the Rattars are loose, and you know, Beriaga is is and um, Elzar Man are, are are fighting uh, the Rattars, and um, and when when they said Beriaga after the Rattars, when they're devising their plan, I was just like, no, <laughs> I, mean, I know, just, I, I know. I, also, it's like, don't do it. I was just like, no. What do you? Why are we sending Beriaga to to after Rattars after he just lost his master like this i know he, look i know he's a jedi i know he has to do something obviously but we're sending him after the most uh, one of the most dangerous creatures uh in the galaxy so i i don't know but but so so they sent him after the Rattars, and he ends up basically being snatched um by these Rattars, and presumably because they never find him again he just gets no. snatched they run off with Beriaga. Elzar Man can't get to them, and yeah. he's presumed dead. We... We I can't. We don't. Know. I don't know. Then it does Murray right. story. So I think that's what they're more concerned about in terms of um, right. setting. Things up. Um, I know we're like jumping to the end of the book here, um, and then we're obviously going to be going back. But uh, one of the things Claudia Gray puts in her. Um, she does an interview recently with Sci-Fi, and 
she she says the interviewer brings up you know the fact that Birdie is un uh, is is unknown. We don't know what's happening, and that we are not going to know for like a couple years because we have to wait for um we have to wait for phase two to finish because we're not going to pick up with these set of characters until phase three. So uh, she said it was very she that it was very much purposeful that they know right they know that they're leaving them in the dark and so i don't know what that says i don't know if 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 that means he's alive either way it works for me um i i'd love for him to be alive though right give give bella win first off uh secondly i like burry so give me more burry i'm totally okay with that wookie jedi that wookie jedi i want to let you know that means he could have been alive during the star during during the entire events of the yeah, um, no. Skywalker saga. Well, I don't want to say that. that for a while. Like, I want I want the Wookiee Jedi to have gone into hiding or be somewhere in the unknown regions and <laughs> pull a Thrawn and then we can get him back afterward. <laughs> yeah, oh my yeah, I co sign that. Uh yes, oh my goodness. So so I don't think he's dead. Um yeah. and and I'll I'm gonna fully admit right here it's all because I hope he's not dead. But I but I don't think he's dead. Um I feel like that'd be too hard on on Bell um, to lose. He makes his close friend and he forms his bond, and then he loses him too. And not only does his master, does Buryak, his master, die, he dies also um, on this ship. And that just that just seems so horrific. I'm just like this. Just seems this is just this is too much. You know, I feel like what happened is just enough death <laughs> to, to be honest. I'm like. And Buryaga dies in this way. I'm just like, no, I, I you know don't know what they're going to do just because they seem to like putting Bell through a torture chamber and then ripping out all of our hearts. Also, they're going to find some way to kill off Ember and I'm going to be so angry. Oh, no, they can. No, I don't I'm going to be can. so I'm going to be so angry. I will flip a table. I don't think they can do that because Ember is like Ember's Ember is the, is the dog of the Jedi. He is it, the Jedi dog and he's the loyal uh, Jedi Hound and, and they can't they can't kill off they can't oh, kill off yeah I'm just don't be surprised man just don't be surprised they like they like apparently making life really tough for Bell so don't be surprised just saying just saying yeah they do but I I, mean, I hope I really you know I don't, I don't I I don't know I just I don't even know what I would say if if, <laughs> if they did that. But, but, before, um, but before that, um, but the, so yeah. that like Burry, like having that Rathor thing is at the end of the book. Yes, so so there definitely point. is some more stuff. So after so they find Nib and he has, yeah, there is so, there's a bunch of stuff. So I, I did want to go into Stellan because Ooh. throughout the whole book, um, if we could just kind of go through, through Stellan. Um, yes, please. Throughout the whole book, he is, he is just coming apart at the seams. It's really, it's really kind of hard to, um, which again, just the, the just the the brilliance of Claudia, just her writing is just so good. But it's really kind of hard to 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 read or to or, or to or to listen to. It's just it's just hard to. It's just like this guy is just he is just falling apart. He's just falling apart. It's getting worse and worse. The leveler is affecting him. Well, the leveler found him at one point. Yeah, and it found him. But it's yeah. it's like affecting him worse than like anybody else. It seems he's just he's just completely falling apart uh, throughout the whole book. What I what I think he was ill. He just seemed ill. Yeah, he. What I think that um, it kind of coincides with because he's had 
he's having such an identity crisis yes. um, that the cutting off from the force makes him question everything more so than any of the other characters in this book. Yes. So he, what I like so much, he, he's ever since, uh, even beforehand, he is on the council. He's already been considered like the image of the Jedi. He's always the golden Jedi, the golden boy of the Jedi. He is, he yep. is their image. But then more so after the attack on Valo, after the Republic fair attack, because right. you know, that entire image of him holding chancellor Lena. So's body is circling around the internet and the Jedi take the internet, the hollow news and everything. And, um, the Jedi take advantage of that for, for they, they, they push it. They know Stellan is their golden boy, their image, like the galaxy's perception of the Jedi. And so he has, he feels this, this need to uphold that, that, and he doesn't know what his life is like without the Jedi, without the Jedi order. I mean, it's one of the things that he has going back and forth before El Orla, before Orla bites the dust. Oh, uh, no pun intended. The um, he is in he he. She has this thing where she kind of makes him question whether or not he is doing the right thing. Like what he, what is he without the Jedi Order? Like who is he? Who is just Stellan? And so he's having such an identity crisis um, that I I absolutely love. I think it, it does such a great. The, Claudia Gray does such a great job at um, diving into that psychology. Yeah, she does a fantastic job uh, with Stellan and his and his identity crisis throughout this book. And um, to see that Elzar like ends up being the one that saves him, yeah, like, like not not physically, but but emotionally and grounding him and helping him regain his center. Um, after uh, Elzar was able to train with Orla and realizing Elzar had to take a step back, he was able to center Stellan, and that that was. Great progression for both of those characters, which oh, makes yeah. me a little bit. We got we got so much of them together in both Rising Storm and and um, this the Fallen Star. I really would have liked to see Avar more in because she's such a guiding force for both of them, whether I, it be Elzar and his romantic interest and yeah. his or or Stellan and the rivalry there. I would have liked to see more of all three together. We keep being, we keep talking about all three. They're always hyped up as the three: Elzar, Avar, and Stellan. They grew up together, and now look at them. You know, yep. Elzar was this tinker with the Force. Stellan is the golden boy of the Jedi and on the Jedi Council. Avar is Marshal of Starlight Beacon. So there's so much that they talk about, but we didn't get to really see all three together. But um, they definitely like the impact of all three is felt in in the whole book. Which was which was cool. Yes, um, I'm still holding. I'm holding out hope for a lot, honestly. Even though we got so many deaths, uh, including Stellan, which is very sad. But I'm still holding out hope that we may get more flashbacks and and things like that to yeah. Or just, I would, or just stories. I would assume, yeah. Yeah. I would uh, assume. You know what it is? After this whole High Republic, um, it's a quick detour. After this whole High Republic initiative, the the three phases are done, and we have quite a few years until that is. I don't. I wouldn't be surprised if you see like any other storytelling in Star Wars right now, a comic or whatnot, that they decide decide to just kind of release another story from the High Republic. Like, oh yeah, set during the High Republic. So it's not this giant publishing initiative anymore. But they're still going to have stories that are set during that time that might be visit yeah. different characters. Um, 
I, I would imagine that's what they're going to do because it's such a popular era now. Um, and it's like any other Star Wars era that they consistently revisit. Um, so I, I'd imagine that's how it's going to go down. I, I would too. Yeah, I hope so. Uh, but, but I think you're right, though. I, I do think that that is how it's going to go down. Um, so, so Stellan kind of goes through this character arc throughout in which, um, in which he is kind of, he's just struggling really, really badly um throughout this entire uh, situation um so so i also want us to get to how some of the a bit, some of the technical kind of story beats as well Ooh. so the saboteurs are very thorough in that they sabotage the comms so it takes them a little mm-hmm. while comms oh, i have that next also we are on we are on we are on, yeah, i'm just saying we are connected because i was i was literally just looking at that also Yes, because yeah, so the comms, uh, they sabotage the comms. They basically had almost like a loop going Mm -hmm. um, that made it seem like everything was fine uh, with the comms on face value um, when that was not the case and they couldn't they couldn't reach out to anyone. And um, I actually think that did we get a couple of different kind of solutions um, to this? Because I think Bell found a solution through a droid um that was able to that was able to reach out to a ship that is out, that was outside of Starlight Beacon. Yeah. We we got a couple um yeah. so yeah, we had the the very general overall public transmissions um that Starlight couldn't make and Affy and Geode are able to figure out a way to send that. So yeah. which yeah. was that was one side of things, the public transmission yeah. asking for help. Um yeah. So, yeah. and then which which was which was really cool. Um not again, I keep like detouring but was really cool because so many people actually do end up helping or they can't do anything but they end up coming to help and you get that idea of like for light and life where where all we are all the republic that lena so was kind of just it was really cool to see everyone show up even though they couldn't do anything to help um it was really cool so they're able to actually get a public transmission out um and then bell on his side of things is able to get a um is able to get a transmission to one of the Irem medical cruisers that that wanted to help but couldn't because the docking bays were um, broken, like they couldn't work. So he, which he, um, he's able to detonate a bomb to separate the medical tower from the rest of the station, right. which was which was Bell being ingenious and allows them to uh, be rescued by the Irem medical cruiser. So all of those, all of the injured refugees um, are actually able to make it off the station, which which was like a nice win. Like even though there's so much dread in this book, there are small wins, um, yes. which is a really great like it, keeping the hope alive, um, even though all this bad stuff keeps happening. Yes, yeah. So there are there are small wins, uh, as you said, and that and that's exactly true. So, um, yeah. So Afi um, and Geode are able to. Uh, get the just the general comms out and Leox as well. I think it was, it, he kind of helps to kind of spur the idea along um, yeah. that they would be able to send out send out just a regular transmission. Leox gets a yeah. moment to shine later, though. Um. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. He has several. He has. He has several moments um, throughout this book. Um. So they're able to get the comms back online, and that kind of helps to helps them to. 
um, get several to basically connect. Like as you said, Bell is able to to because he does a lot of he he basically for most of the book he kind of or most of the end at least he he is helping people in the medical um in basically in the medical wing to to be able to to get help there. Um, and of course he's with he's with Indira Stokes as well. So, um, and um and so what so basically with Afi. Uh, Geode and Leox, there are there. I'm gonna be honest. It seemed like for a good portion of the the end of the book, they're just they're trying to help, but they're also trying to keep, um, you know, trying to kind of just they're they're trying to figure out a way to get to to connect to anyone uh, outside the ship, and they're trying to to trying to um, make sure that uh, Cody Lynn doesn't ruin literally everything. Um. So, um, but their their inclusion, and, and then of course Affy goes after Chansey, and um, and, and then Andrew. later on, in the book. yeah, know? yeah, and then right around here is where we also get um, uh, right after Bell had um, gotten the medical tower to safety, we also had the whole mm-hmm. Coley Lynn thing, where he takes a girl hostage, and then yeah, you know, yeah, Chu, and then Geode. Because yeah. Geo can become magnetically forgot what it is, but it's the same thing that happens in like a uh, right. yeah in a in a ship, and yeah. so like you can't fire in it. So he does that and ends up killing himself essentially. Yeah. yeah so Cody Lynn tries to uh, he basically um, takes a little girl hostage, tries to fire, and Geode um, basically comes to the rescue. And, and as you said, uh, so Cody Lynn ends up meeting his end. Uh, finally, I was not sad for him at all. He he kind of got what he basically got what was coming to him. Mm-hmm. Um, oh yeah, oh yeah. And then right after that, we have um, Elzar Man finally reconnects with the Force, um, and kind of like draws on every being on the station. Um, and he's actually able to get the cargo bay doors open. Um, and there yeah. were some smaller ships, so the docking bays where most of the ships still are. But there were some smaller ships that volunteered to go towards the dock, towards the cargo bay, where also there are Rathars, and that's where Buriaga gives his life. Um, right. But the ships that he's actually able to open the cargo bay doors, like Elzar hasn't felt so troubled by the leveler because he's been disconnected from the Force. Right. Um, so when he does reconnect, he definitely feels the leveler and its presence, but he's still able to get the cargo bay open, which was, it was a great moment. Um, to see Elzar become someone who was more aloof before, who he had had the vision at the beginning of Light of the Jedi, I mean, at the end of Light of the Jedi, and he was struggling in the Rising Storm, but, you know, he had his romantic relations, and he's been, he's a tinkerer with the Force, but to see him kind of, like, have to sober up, for lack of a better term, um, mm-hmm. and and take on this mantle, uh, was it was just a cool moment. It was a cool moment. That was, it was a very cool moment. This is one of the better... Um, books for Elzar Man, in my opinion. Um, I have liked Elzar Man, um, but his struggle, his his struggle with the Force has just been so profound to me. Uh, just in terms of of just his um his infatuation with Avar Chris, and um, and his his. Just the the scene the, the I don't know if I call it a lack of maturity 
or a lack of devotion because the Jedi, being a Jedi isn't easy. Um, but it's just, you know, he just see his conflict just seems so significant mm-hmm. for like mm-hmm. a night, you know? <laughs> so it's like, yeah. so it's like, boy, he, you know, he really needs a lot of help. But in, th- in this book, it, you see he's getting it. And you see like the emotional growth as well. Um, though, again, of course, at the very end, you, you know, he reconnects with Avar and, and you see that connection is still there. Um, is there so so I kind of want to bring this up now as well, because I made sure to write this down as well. So do you think we're 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 ever going to get a payoff between the for, for this this um, Elzar May and Avar Chris um, kind of whatever is going on here? I think whatever happens there between the two of them is going to lead to the Jedi Order being stricter about relationships and attachments. Mm, that's that's I think I, that's a that's a good, I that's a think there because throughout the whole High Republic, um, there's still like a frowning upon Elzar. I forgot whose perspective it was, but they were reminiscing on how as Padawans, like the masters would just kind of like split them up a little bit and discourage. Um, they just kind of discouraged it, but they didn't, there wasn't an outright rule that you couldn't form attachments or relationships. Like there is that when we pick up in the prequel era. Um, so I I really feel like there has to be something that leads to that. And yeah. with the trajectory of both of these characters, Elzar's um, darker, you know, he's gone on, to, gone, you know, he's dipped a little bit into the dark side with the rising storm and then, you know, cutting himself off. Avar's trajectory in the High Republic, where she's kind of become consumed by the hunt um, for Lorna D and the Nile and feeling so powerless and, and yeah. feeling like the song of the Force has been disturbed. Um, kind of, I feel like there's something there between the two of them that, that, I don't know if it's gonna, it's not going to be a happy ending. I don't see I don't see a happy ending for the relationship there. Me neither, honestly. Yeah. Um, but I I, th- I I think that's a really good theory. Actually, I think you may be right. Up until this point, I had been thinking they were just kind of retconning the Jedi a bit. In in which I mean, which, they, which I wouldn't be I wouldn't hate either. Cause yeah, it, I didn't. I haven't hated, hated that either up to this. The point. whole, the whole, the the relationship attachment thing is so it it makes sense. I think because it took a very um, right. uh, like what the oath, and I'm forgetting the type of people, but like when you're a monk or or you're you take an oath, um, yeah. and for celibacy or things like that, yeah. um, and that's what it felt like George Lucas was doing with the Jedi, but. I Anakin has, and I've mentioned this before on the show. There's that line that I'm actually rewatching Attack of the Clones right now because I'm doing a Padme watch. I'm essentially doing everything for a Padme watch as I'm leading up to Queen's Hope. And mm-hmm. that line that he has, where you know attachments are forbidden, blah blah blah, but we're encouraged to compassion, and compassion is unconditional love. So you could say that like Jedi incur- are encouraged to love, and I'm like, yeah, you know, Anakin actually has a point. Right, like it, it doesn't make sense that you could completely cut yourself off from attachments that you're supposed to care for people, but not become attached. Like I think you can, you can still, you can still adopt and you know abide by the Jedi's way of like letting go and not being too consumed by by the fear of letting go or by things happening. Right, but that doesn't mean you don't have to have attachments. 
You, right. you, you can work on having that balance. So I would have been okay if they were retconning that a little bit. I don't think they're going to completely. I still think that, that something's going to happen that the Jedi Order is like, th- this, this is what we have to prevent. So I, I, like I think that'll more. play into that. Yeah, I'm, I might like what you're suggesting even more. Um, but I agree with you. I, I wouldn't I wouldn't mind if they were just retconned. That's what I thought they were doing. So I was like, oh, okay, well, I mean, this makes more sense. I don't know. That, that was just like my, where my head went with it. Because I, I just yeah. don't see a happy ending for the two of them. Yeah. Um, I, I mean, I don't see a happy... I, I don't see a happy ending for anybody. I'd love for people to just kind of ride off into the sunset and live their nice long lives, but that's not I happen. hope somebody does. I really, I really do. I hope, I hope so play. too. <laughs> I really hope so too. But I, I feel like the both of us know it's not going to happen. Or for for a, for a vast majority of these characters, it's not going to happen. Uh, at least, so at least let Barryaga go. Let him go. Please, uh, right? Let let him live in the unknown regions, please. Yeah. Please. Um, so, all right. So, so I know you have the notes. So, what what else happens towards? There's a, there's so much that happens. Yeah, a lot. This one kind of condenses, right? Because the last, um, yeah, I'd the, say the last. There's a lot that's going. A on. A lot happens, so I kind of condensed it. Um, so after Elzar man connects and he's able to, the cargo bay door is open and some more some ships are able to get off. Um, Affy actually devises a plan to use the power cores of some of the abandoned ships. Um, in the yes. docking bay yeah. to yeah, power was. the escape pods, which was yeah. ingenious. Yeah, um, she was so great in this book. I, yeah. I, like, I really liked her a lot. Yeah, a lot. I think the story is going to serve her growth even more going forward. Yeah. Um. So I'm I'm excited to see more of the vessel crew. I know we're on opposite sides of that, but I'm excited to see more <laughs> of the vessel crew. Um. Going forward, um. We also have, uh, Chanty and Nan, after, um. Well, they go to the positional thrusters. So one of the things that the that the Jedi recognize, that Elzar recognizes and um, Stellan recognizes, that right now the bottom half of the ship is on a collision course with Iram, um, but that maybe they could actually um, get to the positional thrusters and um, keep themselves afloat. So the ship will still go down, but it won't go down as fast. And it would be enough time to get other things going and to get other people off the ship. So they're going to go to the positional thrusters, but at the same time, they don't know Chansey and Nan, like we said, self-preservation above all. Um, they're like, you saboteurs are crazy. Um, I, we need to get to the positional thrusters. Um, and when we get to there, Chansey actually wants to say, is going to save the station. Has every intention of saving the station. The saboteurs come though, and they're like, we're not going to let you, um, we're not going to let you yeah. Uh, ruin our plans. Yeah, exactly. This station is going down. Um, but then they are able to do that. They're able to take. They're able to defeat the saboteurs. Great. Um, but Elzar, who also goes there, not knowing they were helping, ends up killing Chansey Yarrow. Um, yeah, and so- any hope of saving that bottom half of the station was lost. Yeah. So this is this is a very very this is. Maybe the biggest scene in the book. Um, it, yeah, yeah. He really taps into his feelings, man. He yeah. like he slices her in half. Like the book goes out of its way to say he slices her in half. Yeah, yeah. He slices her in two. Slices her in half. Um. So. So yeah. So Elzar just goes full dark side. 
and just loses it. He's so uh, sick of everything that the Nile have taken from the galaxy. I can't blame him for that. No, I, I have a lot to say about that as well. Uh, <laughs> um, but yeah, I can't. I can't blame him for that. But but he loses it. I don't know. I mean, I don't know what Elzar. Um, now, one thing I will say is when he did it. Um, so we know Chansey is in the scene, right? And I'm not saying I'm not saying she deserved that, obviously, but she's not a saint. No, and not at all. She was locked up. He thinks she was just some innocent person that was like just a just like a refugee, or something. I don't know what he thinks she is, but she was like working with the Nile. She was a criminal, you know. So you know, I don't know what I don't know. She would she is not like a a a, a good hearted like person <laughs> not at all i think oh, it, i think yeah. the killing anything that's on his conscience is the fact that he was over, so overwhelmed by his feelings yes. regardless of whether she was innocent he was so overwhelmed with his by his feelings um and his hatred as that's what it was that he he had by killing her and not thinking and not centering himself that he had doomed the station so I think right. that's where the conscience comes into play. Less so yeah. that because yeah. yeah, she was not a saint by by any means. She was helping the Nile in all the out of out of the shadows. You know the gravity yeah. um, weapon that she ends up developing for um, well the Nile and working with the graphs now and everything. So uh, not a saint at all, but it's definitely more so that he killed someone out of his hatred um, that and he had doomed everyone. And that's what ends up happening. Well, not everyone's doomed, but that's 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 what ends up happening. Um, yeah. If there was hope for the station before by killing her right when she was about to complete it, but by killing her completely threw off the timing and that was it. All hope was gone for the bottom half of the station. Yeah, yeah. So that, I mean, that was that was such a huge... Yeah. Um, that was such a huge scene. I'm so... I'm so excited to see... Where Elzar goes from here? I mean, so he, he, um, I mean, he's been dealing with so much. He's gonna have to rely so much on his support system. Um, you know what remains of his support system, honestly. Yeah, um, he is, and it's gonna that it's gonna be interesting because him and Avar might start leaning into each other even more. Yes. Are finding solace in each other. And if you see, you'll see when you read issue 13 and anyone who picks up issue 13 from yesterday, Avar is on a dark path. Like she's on a dark path. Um, yeah. And you and, can kind of see the, see the, see the kind of the little breadcrumbs mm -hmm. there too. Oh yeah. And yeah. so to see the both of them who are both damaged, they're yeah. both very damaged. It'll be, it'll yeah. be interesting to, to see. Um, yeah. But after, Elzar kills Chansey and ruins their, um, ruins their, uh, any kind of hope of saving that part of the station. Um, mm -hmm. we get back to that, but Leox is able actually to blow through the hole and open the docking bay doors manually yeah. from the outside. Um, and he succeeds. So yeah. those ships are actually able to, a vast majority of everyone, because that's where everybody really was centered in the station. Um, it was in the docking bay. So they were actually able to get out, um, which is great. Um, we think he dies almost, but he doesn't. That was cool. Uh, but uh, at the end, we'll talk about that real quick. Um, but what Stellan does do is Stellan actually goes after Elzar um, to to kind of help once he learns that Elzar went down to the positional thrusters. 
Yes. Um, and he, he sees his friend um, in complete distress of what happened. And Stellan, Stellan doesn't, Stellan's not angry. Stellan doesn't, I, it's just a great moment to watch them still be friends and to watch Stellan realize, like, up until the end, um, he's yeah. looking out for Elzar. Um, I, I was actually, I, 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 listen, I cried, man. I don't lie. I, I, I cried when, so what Stellan does, um, and then this is the really big showstopper for the book at the end, is that he, he tells Elzar to get out, saying that he would be right after. Um, and Elzar leaves. Elvar, Elzar is in complete distress over what he just did. Um, and how he doomed everyone. Um, Stellan actually tells him to go, tells him he'd be right behind him. Stellan actually stays because the only way to activate the positional thrusters. So the ship, the, the bottom half of the beacon is going to crash, but Stellan has a chance to actually move it off from hitting the city center. And instead right. it, will, it will hit um, one of the oceans in Iram. So um, he stays there and physically, because you can't, a, the droid, a droid couldn't hold that kind of strength. So he physically, um, uses the levers or whatever it is for the positional thrusters to keep the station from crashing into the city and into the water. And he sacrifices himself. Um, I, he, yeah, he said, I, 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 yeah. 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 This was, that was, um, that was massive. Part of me still refuses to believe that he's dead. Um, because he's gone. I think he's gone. Yeah, I think so too. But it's, but it's just, it's, Ah, you just you just wish he he wouldn't he I mean he I mean he died in in such a noble way but it's just but I I it, he know. what I like was that full arc for his character where he was in, had such an identity crisis but by the end he was like this is the one thing I could do as a man not not the Jedi Order didn't tell me the the I am my own person. The Jedi Order, this was not because of the Jedi Order or following their beliefs. Like, this was him, and this was him in his entire, just his decision. Um, and that he he kind of, he finds himself in that moment. Um, and I cried, man. I talk about, like, I came to I came to really like Stellan in this book. I came to really like Stellan. I, this, this, I, yeah, I don't know, I cried. I, I, I fully cried. I think it's actually the first time I cried in any of the um, novels for the High Republic so far. And I'm not yeah. usually a big book crier, right? Like, I, I cry during everything. I'm a, I'm a giant, sensitive baby. I cry literally during everything, uh, I don't, I don't but not really... as much during books. Um, right. But this, this made me cry. I was, I, I was, I was floored. Yeah, I mean, this, I mean, it was, it was sad, you know? It was so sad to see. And again, it was, what made it even worse was just how much he was struggling throughout the entire book. He didn't. He didn't. He didn't have one moment of peace in this book. None. None um, whatsoever. You know, but he, like you said, he went through such a journey of like self discovery, also, um, because he did kind of get a vibe of just he's you know the council, the golden boy of the council kind of thing. Like he's just you know Stellan Geos, and it's just it's, but it's just like you know to see him him you know die in such a selfless way it's just, it is it it is it does carry a lot of weight and he saves thousands of lives yeah on the on the surface of iram he saves thousands of lives yeah so, so can't understate that like how important that is exactly yeah so um so that was that was definitely a huge moment and i um you know i 
I really want it, I really hope that that is acknowledged a lot, honestly. And some of, at least in, 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 I guess, you know, whenever the story picks back up for these characters, that that is not like, that's something that's referenced quite a bit, quite a bit. I think, uh, I think it will. I'm very curious to see. So like we can, we can do the whole where, where we leave everybody going into phase two. Um, but, uh, but that's like the big, the last big thing that happens in the book. Um, so yes. we have, uh, we have, uh, yeah. So Stellan dies. Um, we know that so many others dies. Most of them are able to make it out. A lot of the regular refugees and the people who were stranded are able to make it out. But now Avar and Elzar are left without, without their, um, well, what they refer to as what Elzar refers to as just like pole star. Oh, that kills me. I can't do this. Uh, but, but, uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I'm I'm interested to see how far into the future Phase Three picks up after I, I as well. Phase One. And also another, just the kind of the very last thing that hit me really hard was Markion Rose's speech at the very, very end of the book, um, when he just basically seemingly just announces to the galaxy. That's right. How did I forget? What in the world? That, how did I not write that down? Yeah, he just announces to the galaxy that like the this part of space is his. It belongs to him. He doesn't even say the dial. It's his. He says it, it, it's his. It belongs to him alone. And you know, oh my goodness, talk about talk about presence. Um, he is such a great villain. Oh, he is. I I am I I and I can't wait because I I want to do an episode on the Eye of the Storm comic like after the oh, second yeah. issue so we yeah. could talk about exactly. the impact of Markion Row yeah. in general on storytelling but that was such such a strong moment like what a way to leave the book the, the leave phase one because that's the end that's literally the last thing we have in the book is him making this speech where he says the outer rim is mine not the yeah. nile mine and it's cool because it's not and you know what it is it also also plays into the whole idea where the republic is supposed to have been at peace for a thousand years we know that this Republic isn't, but the fact that he's saying the outer rim is mine and that the outer rim continues through all of star Wars, even into the, even into the, um, it, it plays into the idea that during the Skywalker saga, the outer rim is a completely still lawless place. Yep. And right. Like this is his, this will not be the Republic's. This is his. So that it just furthers that idea that the, uh, with the outer rim. So, um, what a great villain. What a great villain. Oh my goodness! Yeah, he's he's fantastic in this book, and also just another story beat I kind of forgot about is his relationship with Gira uh, Staros. Oh my god, we didn't even talk about Gira. there's so yeah. much there's so many characters in this. Like we're 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 coming up on what two hours and we haven't even mentioned Gira Staros. <laughs> yeah, so Gira Staros, um, so she helps she helps this whole this whole thing come together. What a jerk! Yeah, she's all she's horrible. She Man, I you know. Pull the wool over my eyes, because I really, throughout all of her appearances up so far, I never would have guessed. So I'm impressed. She was the one who, in Mission to Disaster, had um, knocked out the vice president um, in from Dalna, which right. was like the small little like spoiler and connective tissue there. But yeah, she's with Markeon Rowe, and, but, uh, uh, and they're romantically involved. Though Markeon right. Rowe is like ready to throw her out whenever because she feels any kind of regret about her actions and he's like i'm never looking back and it's like that's for the week 
people who are going to regret any of their actions after they've already taken them. So, yeah. like, yeah, Garastaris. And so that's, it's going to be so interesting to see how that plays out because I really like Avon now, also, after a mission to disaster. So I want to see something happen there. That's some family drama. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, so there, so that is definitely uh, some family drama there. Um, so, so yeah, that's it, it's just this is all just coming together. Um, it's all this whole thing was just it's very sad, a very sad book. And I do want to just make a note of the fact that the Nihil, um, I would say. I wouldn't necessarily say everything, but really, honestly, almost everything that Markion Rowe has wanted to do, he's done. Um, yep. You know, with really with no hitches or, oh, I'll get you Jedi next time or anything. Like, no, he's he wins every single time. Yeah, small um, little like, yeah, not, not full setback, small little battles. Sure, yeah. the Jedi have won, yeah. but no, no, no. Overall, overall plan, he has he has gotten what he wants. Yeah. So I'm I'm hoping that we start seeing some Jedi wins um, and some Republic wins, um, like significant wins. Hopefully, in the third phase, and hopefully it ends with a significant win. Honestly, I wouldn't I wouldn't even I, I'm not necessarily saying that has to happen, but I mean I think that would be nice. Um, but yeah, because they just they they just look so hapless. Um and Lena so and I'm, I even marked this down also. She's so helpless. She is. Um, I don't really like her though. I do. I do like her. I, I do I, like her. Yeah. I think and, even when the she had a new aide that tried to spin it in her favor. Yes. Um, yes. Like the whole disaster, and she's like, "No, we're not doing that." Like, Are no, you kidding me? No. <laughs> no, we're not. He fired. She fired him. So yeah. I, it, I, the I I really like that she. It was nice to have. After all the political machinations that we get in so many other stories and in the prequel era, and with obviously Palpatine, it was nice to have a chancellor who legitimately wants to unite the Republic. Yes, like legitimately. And I, I, I there were moments throughout the first series where, like, where, where is she gonna, you know, there's gonna be some ulterior motive in this first year, right? Like, no, no, she's a legitimately good person that wants to do good. That's it. Yeah. Uh, I gotta say though, we you know we have th- we have three phases, right? Light of the Jedi. So second is Quest of the Jedi. We're going back. The last one doesn't sound very Jedi win. It's called Trials of the Jedi. Just want to say, doesn't sound very much like the Jedi are getting a bunch of wins. Just saying, just saying. Yeah, we yeah. You know, I'm I'm holding out hope. You know, that's a that's um, a that's a sour your hopes, but you know, just saying. Yeah, we're yeah we're gonna see. Um, no. Some more bad stuff's gonna happen. Some more people are gonna die. Some hearts gonna be broken, which is, which is the power of this storytelling, though. Yes. Right. Like, like multi-year project. This is a. By the time Phase Three ends, we'll probably have been going for like six years. Yeah. Five, well, five yeah. or six years, because it's a year over a year and a half per phase, at least for Phase One. Assuming that the rest are like that, let's just assume. I don't know. Each one has three waves. You're talking about five to six years. That's. Yep. That this will go on, I know you just—it's crazy. Like how much you're 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 getting of each of these characters, and how much you're going to care about about them. That by the time trial of the Jedi trials of the Jedi rolls around, you're legitimately going to be super concerned about what's going to happen. 
Yep. Yep. And, and it's all, and it's all been, all of this has been so good that it's just so exciting. So let's, uh, I want to yeah. kind of like talk where, where we're leaving the, the Jedi and where we're leaving the state of the galaxy at the end of this book. Yes. So yep. we have, right. Like we have no, um, the starlight beacon's gone. So this brilliant symbol of the Republic um, in the Outer Rim, uh, one of Lena So's great works, this uniter of the Republic, gone. Um, yep. We, you know, Markeon Rowe has proclaimed to the galaxy that he's behind it. Obviously, most people knew that anyway, but that he is and that the Outer Rim is his. And the Jedi have suffered... Ma- Say that again, I'm sorry. Oh, sorry. I was, I was just and he is the Eye. That's another thing he revealed. Oh, he kept yep. saying it was Lorna D. He's like, no, I am the Eye, Markeon Rowe. Yep, that's right. They... Yeah. Uh, they, yeah, he is the eye. The entire galaxy knows it now that they have the Nile have pretty much run circles around them, that keeping them from figuring out who the real eye is. They think it's Lorna D. This, for the vast majority of this first phase, they think it's Lorna D. Um, mm-hmm. You have Avar and Elzar going through all of their emotional struggles. They lose Stellan. The Jedi Order loses not just Starlight Beacon, but a bunch of Jedi also. Okay, yeah. Um, um, and we're, we're, so like the, the galley, the galaxy wide isn't in full chaos right now. Um, but there is, um, a lot to be worried about. Um, so I, I'm excited. Let's just say I'm excited. We still have the High Republic comic, um, which is going to wrap up like Avar's side of things and what's going on with Keeve and Vernestra and other characters. So we don't know exactly where everyone leaves off at the end of phase one. Um, we also saw High Republic Adventures, um, which I guess is going to lead into Midnight Horizon, which also then, um, but I think that still takes place before this book. So, okay. Um, so, we'll, well, so there's some characters we don't know about right now, um, but we definitely are in a very precarious position going into phase two. Yeah, yeah. So there's, there is... There's a lot of, um, there's a, just a lot of, of losses for the Jedi in the Republic, um, which, I mean, you would have expected. I mean, it starts out, it literally starts out with, like, you know, light of the Jedi and everything being so great and wonderful and Starlight Beacon and we are all the Republic and, you know, um, so you knew everything was kind of going to come apart. But boy, this is—they're not in a good situation at all. Um, I would anticipate um, that. Um, well, actually, before I get into my predictions with regards to these characters, um, where do you think? Do you have any theories with regards to what we're going to get in phase two and how that will connect to this phase or any of these characters? I have no clue. I, I genuinely don't know. I know, I like I said on last week's episode, I do think that the Dolnin emergency um, will play into yes, whatever because yeah. the, the timing yes. lines up. But yes. outside of that, I don't know. I, I'd have to pour through the comics and I'll end up doing that anyway. I have to pour through to see if there have been any other kind of like breadcrumbs or hints about, um, about before this era right now, like what we could get in Quest of the Jedi Phase 2. I don't know. I'm genuinely, which I'm, it's exciting. I, it is. I don't know. You, there's so, got to be. So I have a couple. Go ahead. Go ahead. Of, 
and they're both like kind of maybe connected. I have a couple of things that I feel or slash hope will be brought up in this second phase. First, I'm hoping the leveler is brought up um, in the second phase. Um, you know, maybe we'll get some kind of origin or maybe it'll we'll get some kind of explanation as to what it is, um, how it came about. Maybe it's something that started, uh, you know, during this time or is at least referenced and explained during this time. Um, and also, um, Markeon Rose, um, his whole race, his planet, etc., that we see in the in the Markeon Rose comic as well. Um, yeah, we. I would assume we'd probably get. That's a good. That's a good one. We we'll probably yeah. will get. Yeah, I feel um, like we may get. We may get more of that, and what happened there. We may get. We may get that explained a little bit more in detail. Maybe. <laughs> um, uh, maybe I, I don't know. You know, but but I think that's that's another possibility. Um, I just I, so those are a couple of things that I think are possibilities that maybe we'll get. Um, but I don't know. Of course, you know. I I forgot that we are actually there was one thing confirmed on what we're getting in phase two, oh. and that is um, Porter Angle, the uh, the Akrakian. Yeah, um, Jedi Master who was on Elfrana in um, yeah. Light of the Jedi who helped Bell and Loden. That yeah. he's also known as the Blade of Bardada. So mm -hmm. like he's nice now, but apparently he was something to be like a force to be reckoned with. So I know Charles Soule is actually working on a project about him, oh, and for Phase Two. So I know that he's gonna. So I don't know if he's just a popular character that we're gonna. You gotta assume that it's gonna tie into. Um, going to tie into everything else uh that that there's more than just um you know just a cool character that they're doing more for because there's really no there's nothing so far that they've released in the high republic that's just what i would say is fluff it no. it all ties yeah. in right like it all it all matters and i'm okay with i'm okay with quote unquote fluff because sometimes you just like to read a story set during the era but yeah. um right now it seems like everything they're releasing ha plays into something larger. Uh, so I, I would assume this Porter Angle Blade of Bardada story that Charles Soule is doing would play into it. But in what way? I don't know. But I'm with you. Um, some leveler information, some more in Markeon Rose species, um, and everything there from the fa the grandmother um, and his you know his race and, and being driven from there. Wait, have you read Eye of the Storm? I did, yeah, yeah. Okay, so then, yeah, which which I'm sure next month we'll cover completely because I'd like to just kind of, you know, talk about Mark and Rose villain, like I said earlier. But um, yeah, yeah. So I agree with you. I think those 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 wants and those predictions make sense. Yeah. So maybe we'll get like a Nile origin, or so we may we may get some of that. Hopefully. Yeah. Oh, for sure. Um. But yeah, outside of that, I don't I don't have any. I don't really have any other expectations. Um, so I, it, I do. Oh, it's going to be interesting. It's just going to be interesting to see. We are so engrossed and connected to these characters already. And so it almost is a kind of risk. And Claudia Gray oh, yeah. mentions it. It's a risk to, to completely drop this story. Obviously, it's going to be connected somehow. But to drop all these characters that we know about and then get us invested in an entire almost two years of storytelling again um with 
events that, like I said, will be connected, but with new characters and new stories and everything. It's a little bit of a risk. Um, I believe in them. I, From everything they've given us, I don't think there's any reason to not believe that they'll pull it off. But it, it's going to be interesting to see how it plays out um, and how it's received as well. Because right now, the High Republic might be the most unanimously positively received um, era of Star Wars ever. Like, outside of the Clone Wars. I Just in terms of everyone loves yeah. it. Uh, you barely see any bad things. The only thing you see is people who, when people are upset about diversity. That's yeah, how. Yeah, that's what, that's <laughs> when people, like, those are, like, the only kind of, you know, criticisms. And it's not even criticism, because it's not a critique or it's anything helpful. It's just, that's the only kind of negative somebody would bring up, it, talking about diversity in the, um, in the High Republic. Outside of that, I've seen nothing truly bad about it. People, people are loving this era. It's become people's favorite eras. Um, with, uh, yeah. So, so it's going to be interesting to see how that goes. Yeah, yeah, it's going to be super interesting. Um, so the, I'm, I'm just thrilled. And, and do you know when we're going to get our first phase two? October. 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 Wild. My God. So, what are yeah. we getting in between <laughs> now and October? So, I guess this is like a. Our, our, our portion of, uh, as we near the end of this episode, our portion of what else are we getting in the High Republic between now and then. We have two more issues of the High Republic comic, both released in February. Mm-hmm. We have another issue or two of the High Republic Adventures um, from Daniel Jose Older, which, which will tie into, it seems, Midnight Horizon, which is, which is good. We get Midnight Horizon, the next young adult novel, which always releases like a, a month after um, the novel, the the official Del Rey adult novel. So we'll have that in February. Um, we're getting the end of Trail of Shadows in February, which is the Daniel Jose older penned comic that goes into like looking out, investigating the leveler, which I really think you would like. I really think you would really, really like. So I would get on that if I were you. Um yeah, outside of that, the Eye of the Storm wraps up the two-part comic wraps up next month everything seems to wrap up in february yeah and we're gonna get we're getting the second volume of the manga um excuse me of the manga in april okay um which is good and i enjoyed the first volume uh that's the that i would say that's the one piece of um that's the one piece of material so far that feels disconnected from the rest um I don't mind that personally. I don't mind. Oh, I don't mind it either because I still think it's really good, and I, I really, I've liked the characters, Master Arkoff and and Lily, Lily Tora Asai. Like I, I've really liked it actually. But I, but outside of that, in the manga, February seems to be the end. Even Charles Soule has said that the second issue of um, Eye of the Storm should be read last. Like consider it the final word on Phase One. Really? That's interesting. Yeah, he's yeah. he's tweeted a couple times that. Obviously, it comes out before a couple of the other series final issues, but that if you want to, it's it's read it last because it's the final word on phase one. So we're getting nothing outside of that manga for months. That's very interesting. Okay. Which I mean, look, I'm not I'm not someone that's going to and I I never will be someone that's going to, you know, crack the whip and say, no, giving me more content. Why are you taking a break? Like, no, like no, you, they do very well. <laughs> oh, yeah, they're they have it planned out. They they have it very well planned out. So I'm 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 not upset. I'm just I'm upset because I love the stories so much and I love this era. Yeah. So I want to 
I've never been, I, I don't know about you. I've always been invested in Star Wars. That's never been an issue. I ever, when something new comes out, I take it in. I consume it. I consume it multiple times if it's a movie, but like never have I had such a prolonged investment because we've never had a initiative like this where stories that just continuously being released in the same, like not just the same era, but but like this large canvas of storytelling that they're that they're setting up, we've never had it consistently like that, except for like the Clone Wars, and that was yeah. years. But even then, that's once a, once a week for a few months, and then you're waiting again, right? Like so, it, this has never been such prolonged um, drop of of storytelling. So I, it's gonna be it's gonna be weird going five months without anything, yeah, or six months without anything. Time to catch up in the Thrawn. Um... In the Thrawn. Oh, it's right. Yeah, it's been keeping you from Thrawn. It has. Uh, yeah, has. Shamari <laughs> not caught up on Thrawn. Never would see the day. Never thought I'd see the day. Uh, yeah, that's what the High Republic does. High Republic does. So, we do have some other novels coming out, um, which we'll we'll definitely get to talk about. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Some so we'll definitely, we'll definitely have stuff to talk. Yeah, about. we're definitely gonna have stuff to talk about. We have. St- uh, not to jump ship, so I'm assuming we're 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 pretty much finished with our fallen star um, ta- review. Yeah, I did want to get your score. What do you, what would you give this out of a ten? I was giving it a score. It gets a a nine, nine point nine nine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That sounds about right. That sounds about right. It, it, I mean, it's it's not like completely perfect, but it's it's yeah. I, I like I said, I it's my it's probably tied with Into the Dark for like my second favorite. I it the more focused stories that we had in Rising Storm and Into the Dark. I think it mm-hmm. just makes for a a tighter read. Mm-hmm. Um, but there's no doubt that this is still one of the best things to come out of the Higher Republic. So, yeah. Um, saying it's th- it's like I've loved, I've liked everything that they've put out, and even though Out of the Shadows, I didn't love as much as all the rest it's not bad so to some degree or another i've liked or loved everything that they've put out so so you know saying it's third doesn't mean everything below it is bad it's just everything is so good that this is on another level than a lot of other things so um nine out of ten for sure and and i'm very very happy very happy yeah same here i totally agree um so where so where did you want to go from here well, here, you know, I was just just kind of saying, like, we got it. We definitely have, um, even though this pretty much, like, we're gonna have other High Republic content to talk about on the show. Um, I definitely want to review the High Republic comic when it ends. Um, definitely, we're we're gonna definitely talk about Marky on Row. Um, yeah. Was hoping to do a, a top like five. We we like to do our top characters lists, which we've done for Jedi and Imperials yeah. um, for High Republic. I think would be um, would be a lot of fun. For us to be able to do um so yeah. we're definitely gonna have high republic content but definitely dies down in a couple months there just won't be as much um so but that's okay because we have bad batch season two is supposed to be spring star wars insider actually released um so we have that we have kenobi coming out um book of boba fett still going on uh so we definitely have we'll definitely have a bunch to talk about before phase two starts for mm-hmm. sure yeah, yeah, it's going to be a lot of a lot of, of very good and, and and fun, interesting content. Oh yeah. Um, so I I think that may be a good place to to uh, to conclude, unless oh, yeah. 
Yeah. No, um, it worked. Yeah, so this this was a great discussion, a very long discussion. Of course, it was a lot to discuss. Uh, and we didn't everything. even get to everything. Yeah, like, we did not get to everything. There yeah. are so many details and, like we said, so many different pers- perspectives in the book that we really didn't get to everything. Yeah, it's not possible no. unless you listen to like an eight-hour uh, show. Yeah. But, um, but boy, was this such a good story and so looking forward to more High Republic content. And, um, and we will definitely be discussing some of the comics and other another and you know the books that are still uh coming out so um uh, so you guys listening you definitely have that to look forward to um so that will do it for this show uh thank you all so much for listening of course you can find me um uh, as i i mentioned every show i have uh our a uh, podcast network me and my brother is called the new generation podcast network that's nu generation podcast number you can find that anywhere you listen to podcasts uh, we also have a youtube channel new generation media as well um and uh zach did you did you want to did you want to um you know plug yourself anywhere or no plugs for me no plugs, no plugs for me this really is my only presence online but um but i do have some plans for the future which we'll 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 talk about yeah. in the the coming months so um, yeah. That's exciting, but won't don't want to say anything now. So for now, no plugs. Right, no plugs for now. But but uh, be on the lookout for that in the future. And again, thank you all so much for listening. And I'm your host Shamari, joined by Zach. We will see you guys next time. See you later.